Ruby Schaefer. She's pretty much the coolest to- female toxicologist I've met in my life. She was a huge inspiration to me as a uh, young resident. And uh, whenever I saw her walk through, I did everything I could to say hello and nudge up against her shoulder because she was so cool. So that was Dr. Jenny Buchanan talking about one of her favorite toxicologists, which is a lead-in to a new type of show we're going to occasionally blend into our TalksNow feed. I'll let Dr. Buchanan explain what we're doing, and we'll be sure to bring you more great TalksNow soon. The reason we're doing this podcast is to feature female toxicologists around the country to discuss a little bit about how they got there, what their inspiration was, who helped them get there, and where they are now, to teach us a little bit, give us a cool educational pearl or a few, and then leave us with some words of wisdom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fem Talks. I'm Jenny Buchanan, and I have Matt Zuckerman, my partner in crime, and we are super excited to welcome Tammy Schaefer from Maine Medical Center. I am originally from the great state of New Jersey and uh, went to Rutgers and decided that perhaps school wasn't for me for a little while. So I made the awesome decision to become a paramedic and became a paramedic for many years before going back to medical school in the beautiful state of Maine. I went back to New Jersey for my residency at Morristown Memorial Hospital. Now it's Morristown Medical Center, something I have no idea. Um, No clue that I wanted to do talks older than the average bear resident, had no interest in being even older when you could call me attending. Uh, But I fell in love with it and then went out to Denver to the Rocky Mountain Poison and Drug Center for my fellowship and then stayed in the Denver Metro doing inpatient toxicology, outpatient toxicology, teaching. I did some research. I did some consulting uh, for about nine years when the East Coast called me back. And I am here at Maine Medical Center in Portland, Maine as the director of medical toxicology, as well as the medical director of the Northern New England Poison Center. And that's me. And they are lucky to have you there. I did forget. (laughs) We have someone else on the podcast who's being a little quiet. Oh, yeah. Hi. Hello. Yep. Matt Zuckerman. Yeah. Well, actually, but question, question. Really? So you said you fell in love with talks. Well, I mean, what did you fall in love with? Because it's a it's a small, small group uh, within a small group. So, yeah, it you know, talks always made sense to me. I guess I should have realized that I, something was going on when I liked organic chemistry better than gen, than gen chem. Um, you know, organic, organic, all I need to do is, is fill up four spots and I'm good. Uh, but toxicology, the physiology, the pathophysiology, it just made sense to my brain. Um, it really was the ultimate in structure and function moving forward. And I liked the aspect of it that was a bit of a detective. I liked putting things together. Um, but it was really sort of the physiology and what to expect and what not to expect that really drew me in. And Tammy, are there people that sort of inspired you to do toxicology? You met that person and you were like, I, I want to be like that person. Is there anybody you want to throw a bone to? Well, you know, our residency director, the wonderful Richard Shi, uh, there was a few years there when I was uh, during residency that every year there was one or two people going into toxicology. Um, the year ahead was John Kashani. My year, there was myself, Damon Delalio, who's in the uh, Atlanta, Georgia region, um, and Jeanette Guybe, uh, who is currently back in New Jersey. Um, and so there was a little group of us. And I, I have to give Richard credit. He'd never pushed anybody 
towards tax. But if he saw you were interested, he really made the effort um, to, to, to pique your interest and, and give you something to, to help you learn and, and, and maybe, maybe let it be your decision that you wanted to do more. So I do give him a lot of, you know, did, did, I, did I see him and say, I want to be you? Well, I'm a short Jewish girl. He's kind of a taller Asian guy. <laughs> but I, I certainly, you know, thank him for piquing my interest in toxicology, no question. And as you move through fellowship, anyone else? <laughs> Well, I mean, there's certainly, I, there's so many people. I, I joke around uh, uh, when when I was a resident and going, I went to NACCT and, and went to SAM and you'd see like, you know, Rick Dart or Kenan Hurd. It was like stargazing for geeks. You're like, you'd, I remember Anjanette and I were at a meeting and we saw Rick Dart and we like, we're like, oh my God, that's Rick Dart. Uh, so I, I look at all my attendings um, in Denver, uh, Rick Dart, Kenan Hurd, Scott Phillips. I mean, there, there's so many of them. Scott Phillips, um, Ted Cederick. I mean, learning from Ken Cooley and Jeff Brent. And there's just so many um, that I, I feel like I've gotten a, taken a little bit of each person with me wherever I go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Since we've got you here, Tammy, can you teach us something? A pearl, a great case, um, a few stories. Well, a few stories. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I think, you know, one thing that's maybe an overall thing is I think uh, one thing that I take very seriously is being the voice on the other end of the phone in the middle of the night. Um, I think we, in this area, we cover Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire. There's a lot of rural docs. And one thing that I always don't anchor on toxicology when they call you, um, it is not a bad thing in the middle of the night to have another voice in emergency medicine help you and listen to what you're doing. And so I really get a lot of pleasure out of being able to help them not only with toxicology, but emergency medicine. Uh, and so I try. one thing I would say is that whenever somebody talks to you about thinking something's tox or non-tox, don't anchor and, and keep an open mind as to what's going on. Uh, I think it helps you and it helps them, but that's sort of just a general point as I, as I continue to work in sort of a rural area. Um, but I, I was kind of stalling there to try and think of something, but I will tell you one thing that I, I learned a long time ago is I, I really try and stay humble every day. And I remember, uh, you know, the joke is you're never as smart as you are the day you graduate fellowship. Yeah, I know. I'm not so smart anymore. It's been a while. Or take boards. Yeah. <laughs> or take boards. Exactly. <laughs> or take the boards. Yeah. That's the night before the boards, man. I was just, I was like covering my ears so I could remember structures. Um, <laughs> but it was my very last day of fellowship. And because I was staying on at midnight, I essentially was turning into an attending. And uh, earlier that day, I got a call from a kiddo at the pediatric urgent care of the puck at Denver Health um, and went in and there was a question that maybe there was some diphenoxylate atropine pills missing uh, grandma, old school grandma had had some diarrhea and that's what she was given by her old school doc. And they found some of the pills on the floor and they had no idea if any were missing. And so, you know, we are expected to know a lot coming out of fellowship and training at an amazing busy place. I feel like I saw a lot. I was really lucky uh, that I trained there. Um, but I'd never seen diphenoxylate and atropine. And I remember thinking, you know, kind of looking at it and looking it up. It's kind of old school. Don't see it very more. But the kid looked great, looked fine. Uh, didn't look anticholinergic, didn't look uh, opioid at all. And so I called my attending to talk it over. And it was Scott Phillips, who is ultimately the voice of reason and uh, certainly one of my mentors. And second that. 
And I talked to Scott about it throughout. And even today, you always have to have a mentor. Never be afraid at any age, at any stage in your career to have a mentor, by the way. And um, I talked to him about it and I said, she looks great. There's no opioid effect. There's no anticholinergic effect. I mean, what are the chances without uh, any anticholinergic? I mean, I know I read things uh, that there's going to be a problem and they want to go home. And Scott felt pretty strongly that the kiddo should be admitted, uh, not only admitted, but actually to pick you. And uh, I... I will admit, somewhat begrudgingly talked to the team about it, and they, they agreed. They didn't, you know, there was no pushback. And she got admitted, and I went home. So at about 11.30, 11.45 that evening, I got a call from uh, the PICU resident where she had actually desaturated in her sleep, and they tried to wake her up and rouse her. And uh, she continued to be somewhat hypoxic, uh, very, very bradypneic. Her respiratory was down. I mean, classic opioid. And they gave her naloxone, and she got better. And so I was driving in to see her, and I just couldn't believe it. And I thought, but, you know, today is my last day uh, of fellowship and I still continue to learn. Um, and I take that with me and I, I try to, to learn from everything I do and everything I say. Certainly, I learned about diphenoxylate and atropine. But what I realized after I got there is I finished up the consult, the second half of my consult, um, somewhere around 1 a.m. And I thought to myself, I guess I got to call Scott. And then I realized, oh, wait. I'm an attending now. Yeah. And so yeah. I staffed it with myself. <laughs> um and I just remember sitting down and really taking a moment to sort of gather myself and saying, wow, I still need to learn. I still need to read. I still need to experience. And I still need to listen to people who know more than me. And I try to take that with me every day. And I respect diphenoxylate and atropine, by the way. Yeah, that's an awesome lesson, Tammy. <laughs> yeah, so longer period of observation. <laughs> that's the one, the longer period of observation. That's then what, then certainly what I expected for an asymptomatic kiddo. Yeah. And, and trust Scott Phillips. Well, I, I had known that already. That's why there wasn't, you know. I know. Yeah. Certainly one of the wonderful people we had the pleasure of working with, the honor. So is it ever really hard to be a woman in toxicology? Yeah. I mean, again, I think I think it's certainly better than it used to be without question. I still think we have some hurdles. Um, I think that I get called, uh, honestly, a nurse more in the emergency department than I did when I was doing toxicology. Um, I'm not doing inpatient at the moment because, yeah, I don't wear a white coat. Um, I have, I certainly have no problem being called a nurse. It's just the fact that that's who you expect as I am as I walk in the door, even with the big yellow placard under my ID that says doctor. Um but I, I, yeah, I, I think, again, it, it, it sets you apart a little bit to wear that white coat. And I will tell you that at these particular hospitals where I went, most of the specialists did wear their white coat. And so I wanted them to realize that not only as a woman, but as a toxicologist, that we had something to offer and we were very important um, to the health, to the, you know, to the care of their patients, our patients moving forward. I, I wanted us to be a part of the team. Tammy, do you, do you have any other, you know, like a, a case that represents that where you sort of came in and kind of save the day, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know about saving the day. I, cause I have lots of memories of that as a resident with really? you when you were a fellow. Seriously? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. That's cause I always walked through the emergency department at 1130 at night because you guys would never make the call for the consult until you were signing out the board. And so I learned pretty early <laughs> on always what it doesn't help to ignore it. What not walking through the ED does not make the consults come. It just means that they come when you get home. You know, I, I, I remember 
when I had beaten, I wasn't an attending for very long and I was at one of our hospitals and it was, it was a trifecta day when I was at all of our hospitals and I'd gotten a call about a pretty sick calcium channel blocker at our one hospital. Um, and I was talking to the critical care docs and, you know, they had had some pressers running and, you know, they of course wanted to try glucagon, which we talked about for, uh, for a calcium channel blocker and why not to use it or why perhaps there wasn't efficacy to using it. And, um, I talked about hyperinsulinemia, euglycemia, and I said, get it started, do the bolus, start the drip, you know, um, turn it up. Let's see if we can get those pressers off. And I, I have to admit, I, I'm sure I feigned a little bit more confidence than I felt because, I, you know, I was I was the expert, so to speak. And so it took me a little bit of time to finish the consults. I had two consults at the one hospital that I was working on. And I got to that other hospital, I don't know, maybe about two hours later. And I walked up to the, to the unit. There's like pharmacists and critical care docs and everybody was around. And I think by that whole time, they'd only gotten it up to two units per kilo per hour because they were waiting an hour oh, wow. in between. Yeah. Well, you know, it was relatively yeah. new. It was just one of those people didn't didn't quite understand the whole pancreas is turned off thing, which now I make a point of telling people to make them more comfortable. I am, I'm much better now at explaining why, not just what. Um, and I walked in and I said, well, let's just turn it up right now. And so we turned it up and we waited 15, 30 minutes, check glucose is fine, turn it up, wait 15, 20, 30 minutes, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. So within a relatively short amount of time, we got, uh, got her up to eight units. Uh, man, she just got better. We were able to get the pressers off her, uh, pretty quickly. We, she did really, really well. And I just, you know, I just remember thinking, I'm just standing there and they were just looking at me like, wow, that's how you do it. And that was just one of those moments where I thought it was, and, and, and I will say that I was the only woman in the room actually. Um, but it was a victory for toxicology. I felt it was a personal victory. It's very hard, not only in training, but right after training to feel any confidence we have a lot of knowledge that we question ourselves all the time. So I thought it was a it was a win for toxicology. It was a win for me personally. And to be honest, it was a win for me as a woman. That's a great story, Tammy. That is a great, great story. And it I think it addresses the the fake it till you make it aspect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I have to admit it was pretty terrifying because I, I came like cruising through, you know, I come walking around the corner and like, there was like all these people in the room and it, 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 I don't actually think I realized this until I'm picturing it in my brain that it really was all guys now that I think about it, except for the patients. And, uh, I was just startled. They're all there and they're all looking at me like, and what are you going to do now? Like, okay, we did this, didn't work. And I'm like, well, let's turn it up. So yeah, I, I it's okay to fake it till you make it. I have to tell you that. I mean, there's still some days, how many years out that I smile and I fake it a little bit and, and I, it's okay. Not for, not for most things. Um, it's okay to step back and look something. It's okay to, as I said before, it's okay to ask for help. Uh, and it's okay when people ask you for help every once in a while, I realize that sometimes I'm the attendee or attending, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. It makes us all better in the end for sure. And finally to end, I really want to thank Tammy Schaefer. She is incredible. And thank you for being our first inaugural FM talks interview. And last but not least, the man behind the scenes, Matt Zuckerman. Thank you. So after sleepless nights, Tammy Schaefer called me and told me she forgot one special person. And that special person is Rob Palmer. She wanted to uh, send him a shout out for being a huge inspiration for her during her fellowship. This podcast is recorded in the studios of the Digital Scholarship Accelerator at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. Talks Now is produced with support from the American Academy of Clinical Toxicology. 